now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers, boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers, Truckers Radio USA. USA. I'm Roger Eilts. I'm Leo Eilts. And we are the, the Derriers. We're just doing what we do, Roger. Yeah. I mean, we yep. just can't quit it now. Yeah, We're we just... Y- Driving up and down the roads, you know, finding music laying around all over the place. That's true. You'd think we'd learn. <laughs> you'd think we'd learn. But uh, we never did. No, so we haven't yet. No. I expect we ever will. No, you're the only guy I know that puts your tongue on an electric fence twice. Well, I, you, <laughs> you never know. The first time you just couldn't. I, it was scientific. <laughs> yeah, we were testing, <laughs> testing a theory. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, people are questioning our, our, our motives here all the time, Roger. Well, they do, you know. And, and people ask us. They say, Derriere's. Exactly what is Americana music? And that's a fair question to which we have... A decent answer. Decent answer. We work real hard at it. Well, you know, it's more of an opinion, but it's kind of evolved into a definition. You could say it's kind of morphed. Oh, you could say it's morphed. Morphed into an opinion of sorts, yeah. And we feel like uh, it's music with... Distinctive American, American roots. And boy, that leaves it wide open, doesn't it? Yeah, well, there's all kinds of great American music. There really is. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, if, if we can expose people, well, that's not a good word. No, let's, if, let's if we can, that uh, again. You know, if we can show people uh, or he, let them hear, <laughs> boy, I'm swimming backwards. <laughs> you did. Yeah. I just, you yeah. swimming upstream there, right? Yeah, if we can uh, let people hear music that they haven't heard before, and uh, that maybe that makes it fun. Dig it a little deeper. That's true. Exactly. But having said that, it could be. Jazz. Well, of course, it could be techno. It could be ragtime. It could be punk. Barbershop. Folk rock. Mambo. Uh, it could be Tin Pan Alley. It could be Jug Band. You know, it could also be Tex-Mex. It could be Bubblegum. It could be Muzak. It could be country. <laughs> Muzak. It could be. It could be. We covered it. Yeah, uh, we did. One we, we have. We yeah. have done it. Uh, you know, what also it could be? It could be. Boogaloo. boogaloo, and it often is. And we like to say boogaloo. Yeah, we like to bring boogaloo around once in a while. That's true. Well, the format of the show is that uh, we come each week with a virtual fistful of tunes. That's correct. That we have not yet disclosed to the other guy. Exactly. And we take turns. Uh, uh, we take turns starting the show, and it's an odd-numbered show, episode 161. Boy, we're burning them up, aren't we? That's right. Okay. And uh, so, oddly enough, Leo, you get to start. I, You know, in the uh, when I was coming of age and listening to a lot of rock music and stuff, there was a band that came along uh, during that time that really kind of turned my hand, head around. I think it turned a lot of people's head around uh, when Carlos Santana oh, yeah. came, came out of the shoot, right? Yeah. And uh, so he did this, uh, this song called Oyo Como Va. Which yeah. I, I think translates as, help, there's a hog in my kitchen. I don't think so, Leo. You don't think so? No, any phrase that you don't understand. That's right. It's yeah. all about the hog in my kitchen. Right. But before before Carlos Santana, there came a guy named Ernest Anthony Puente Jr. Okay. Everybody called him Tito. 
Okay. Tito Puente, right? He was born in uh, April of 1923. Now, he was an American musician, songwriter. He was a balladeer, uh, a record producer. He was all over it musically. And uh, his, as a child, he was kind of a problem child for his mother. The neighbors complained of hearing, he was seven years old, and, and the neighbors complained that, that he was beating on pots and window frames all over the place. <laughs> oh, wow. He could hear these rhythms in his head, right? Uh-huh. So just to keep him quiet, she bought these piano lessons for 25 cents a piece, uh-huh. you know, and sent him off down to learn, you know, something that he could actually get by with. Uh, but he also, uh, as he got older, uh, he, he expressed a lot of interest in not only um, the, the drums and everything, but all kinds of percussive instruments. He later created a song and dance duo with his sister. Her, her name was Anna. And he intended to become a dancer, but he had an ankle tendon injury, which, you know, kind of changed his uh, course you know, of life. If you want to be a dancer. To our benefit. Well, that's true. Because he became yeah. this amazing musicians, right? Yeah. Now, listen, he only also served in the Navy for three years during World War II, and he got drafted. You know, a lot of boys didn't make But he was discharged with a presidential unit citation for serving in nine battles on the escort aircraft carrier USS Santee. Oh, wow. Now, listen, his duties, it was pretty cool. His duties included playing alto saxophone, <laughs> right, uh-huh. and clarinet in the ship's big band, as occasionally playing the drums or piano during the mess hall, right? I mean, stuff. He was also the ship's bugler, and he was a machine gunner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that he gets to beat on something. He I guess to with that, huh? beat everything. So anyway, so he his big hit was "Oyo Como Va." All right. Okay. Well, so uh, basically, Carlos Santana made his reputation playing almost a note for note version of that song. Oh, okay. So, so I was thinking, well, maybe I'll do a mix up. Uh huh. And and then I went, wait a minute, I found this incredible recording that features both of them. Oh, seriously? It's, yeah, it's Tito Puente and Carlos Santana uh, together combining their orchestras and playing this great version of Oyo Kamava. Check this out, man. It's great. Can't wait.
<laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Way to kick the show off, Leo. That's it's, awesome. We're starting now, man. Yeah. Okay. What's on your mind there, Raj? Okay. In my stumblings, uh, I ran across this, this group called the Local Honeys. And uh, I, I think the reason I looked into them was uh, they have a song called Cigarette Trees. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I was curious. Uh, but they're uh, a Kentucky-bred duo uh, specializing in the traditional music of their home state. So it's Linda Jean Stokey on guitar, an old-time fiddle in Montana, uh, fiddle player, Montana Hobbs on fiddle and banjo. So they, they've, they've got a, a really great old-timey sound, and, uh, but they've dedicated themselves to the preservation of regional, traditional Kentucky music. Okay. And they compose original music that tells the stories, trials, songs of the mountains and people of the southern Appalachia. Or La- Appalachia. 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 We've been through that one. We've thrown Appalachia. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, um, you know, they became, in 2015, they became the first two women to earn Bachelor of Arts from Moorhead State University from the Kentucky Center for Traditional Music. Oh, wow. So, um, it, it, it's, uh, this song is, uh, uh, man, it's, it's all about the coal industry. Is it really? And what it does to the land and all that type of stuff. The mm. lyrics are, are really, uh, uh, boy, they'll get to you if, if you listen to it. But uh, I like them a lot. They've got a great sound. Uh, the Local Honeys, this is from an album from 2017 called Girls Acting Like Men, which I like that a lot. <laughs> Cigarette Trees. on the corn when we fill up our drinks dig out our coal turn it into cash starve out our homelands but keep your wallets back shake down our houses with your big old drag lines and bury our families deep in them mines why not plant cigarette trees they burn faster than you'd log these fill up them back Slurry them streams, 
big old king coal, don't you lose any sleep. Wow. You know, uh, standing on a long tradition of protest songs. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, so uh, I think they're great. They're great musicians. And interesting uh, lyrics, man. Yeah. All the way beginning to end. Yeah. Pretty you cool. Bet. Pretty cool. Okay, Leo, where do we go from here? I think I'm going to just have to turn the tables, because that was pretty, that was intense. That <laughs> was intense. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. So, I'm gonna, listen, I've been carrying this song around in my pocket for weeks, okay? Okay. I don't know what to do with it, you know, really. It's, it's, it's this guy named Clark Bentley. And I have not been able to find anything about it, this guy, really. He was involved in production. He had a record company. He recorded some novelty songs up under different pseudonyms, you know, different names that he had and everything. Uh-huh. But this song is kind of a takeoff. Uh, you remember the old Andy Griffith show where they had Otis, you know, and he was the town. Uh, yeah, the town drunk. The town drunk, right? Sure, yeah. Well, this is a song this guy wrote, and it's, I don't know, it kind of gets under your skin after you get it for a while. Anyway, this is Clark Bentley. Doing the song he that's called The Old Town Drunk. <laughs> Everyone in town is down at the river, the words done dotting around. The old town drunk is come up missing, they all think he's drowned. Billy Brown found his hat floating on the river, his shoes on the river bank. The first time he's ever had any attention, now he's dead, they think. Nobody missed the old town drunk until they thought it was gone. They remember his good ways, the little favors he's done. They all say he was a good old boy, though he had his wrongs. Nobody misses anyone until they think they're gone. Sitting up here on the hillside looking down below. See the fire chief, the city editor, and the highway patrol. The police chief, the city council, the ladies' auxiliary. Serving coffee and donuts, dragging the river for me. Well, nobody misses anyone until they think that they're gone. They remember his good ways and the little favors he's done. They all say he was a good old boy. Nobody misses anyone Until they think they're gone I guess I wander down to the river And give the good folks the news Hey, everybody Ain't dead And I want my hat and my shoes I sure want to thank you For all the kind things you said you're not too unhappy The old town drunk ain't dead 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 That's one of those, those Ain't Dead Yet songs I know <laughs> I love those kind of things Good good find, Leo Yeah, it's kind of crazy, but I enjoyed it So, And uh, you know what? Uh, what? We're out of time for oh, this we are, uh, man. segment We just blew through this kind anyway. of wasted it away, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we sure did um, So uh, this is when, uh, of course, tomorrow's moving day Yeah And so we need to uh, we need to police the area Yeah And we need to, uh, you know, change the cat box Armour, we got this We got an armour yeah. That's okay, and, buddy 
And, um, I, um, you know, Leo, it's an odd-numbered mm, show. Yeah. So I'm afraid you get to check that mm-hmm. left or inside duel. duel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, so how are you going to suit up for this? Uh, I'm, I'm using the Carmen Miranda hat. Yeah, you're sticking with that. Yeah, it worked okay. pretty well last time. Okay. So I figured it's good juju. Okay. You know, so. Now, I just want to say, next yeah. time we get our Carmen Miranda hats at, don't yeah. get them mixed up because you're sweating a lot in yours. Yeah, come on. I'm, and I just don't, I don't want to wear it. It's fear. I, I know it's fear. <laughs> I come out. I don't want to transfer it to me. Honestly enough. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. Well, we'll take care of that, and uh, then we'll be back. Uh, this is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. USA. Well, well, we're back. I'm back. Yeah? Yeah. How, how, how are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. Okay. The hat thing didn't work this time, Roger. Uh, you kind of lost the juju on yeah, the hat. I think so. Maybe I overdid it. You know, I put too much faith in the in the in the hat. Maybe you need a new gimmick. I mean, a new uh, solution. I think I need a, <laughs> I need a whole body armor suit. Well, you you had a good start on it. You yeah, could just yeah. Add to the last one, I guess. Well, I, but eventually I won't be able to walk. I'm, It'll be too heavy. I I know. I understand. I mean, let's face it. The Carmen Miranda hats are a little top heavy to begin with. Yeah, okay? and, you're, and you're leaning over to check the. That's right. Yeah. There's fruit uh, hanging yeah. off of the bananas, and right, Pineapples right. and stuff. I know. I I, I never you, understood it in the first place, wait, other than the karma thing. I don't think you have a pineapple in yours. That's why, because you, yours is lighter than mine. Well, don't touch my Carmen hat <laughs> unless you fetch it for me to put on my head. Fine. <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so the big question, how was the tar? Three pounds. Oh, three pounds. Three okay. pounds down. It's just been pretty consistent. Better you know? than last week. Last yeah, week it, was four. It was four. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we were three pounds. Okay. It's, it's okay, though. It okay. seems to be in pretty good shape. So. All right. Well, we can deal with that. We can deal with that. Well, we are brad- broadcasting this week uh, from uh, Cocoa, Florida. Cocoa. Yeah. Hey, hand that pot over and top off my cocoa. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're not so far off. <laughs> well, I'm just, uh, you know, it tastes good. Actually, Roger, that's kind of the, part of the history of this place. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, it, the pop, it was, okay, it's, we're in Brevard County, Florida. Okay. okay. It's one of those township things. It's not really like a regular town. It's kind of pa- uh, part of the uh, Palm Bay, Melbourne, Titusville metropolitan area. Gotcha. Of Florida. Okay. And uh, now it's kind of a weird name, which is why we picked these of course. towns in the weird first town place. Names right? from all the states. Well, here's the thing several stories uh, apparently circulate amongst um, Cocoa old timers uh, as to how the town got its name. All right. Okay, it's got a weird name. One story says, this seems pretty credible to me, but one story says that the mail used to come by riverboat and was placed in an empty tin box labeled Baker's Cocoa. Oh, wow. And it was nailed to a pier, you know, oh. and they come out, they just drop the mail in the can and they say, where is this? Oh, it's Cocoa. It says so right there on the can. <laughs> so Makes sense. So, okay, so that's one theory around it, right? And then additionally, an early hotel in the area located on the Indian River Lagoon was named Cocoa House. Okay. Okay, maybe that, you know. So another story, this is my favorite, right? Uh, Another story speaks of an elderly African-American woman who lived on the banks of the Indian River, right there. And uh, she would supply hot cocoa to sailors traversing the Indian River, right? And it was said that the sailors approaching her house would yell out, Cocoa! Coco. I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. Coco. 
<laughs> and so she she come down and surf cocoa to these guys. You know, I like that one pretty well. Yeah, right? we'll go with that. And, but anyway, now as, uh, in 1885, there was a guy named Travis. He opened a hardware store, and um, so that kind of established the town pretty much. And uh, the but here's kind of weird. The entire uh, business district was mostly destroyed uh, by a fire in 1890. I mean, wow. it's pretty okay. much wiped it out. But there was so much development going on at the time that they rebuilt it pretty fast. And uh, the uh, uh, the railway was extended up into that area, too. So, you know. That gives it credibility. A lot of credibility. Yeah. So, so Cocoa's been a pretty good town, though, really. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good week. Most of our trips to Florida have turned out pretty well. I think yeah. we had one weird one where we ended up someplace we really shouldn't we be. We shouldn't have been there. No, there yeah, we no. were uh, way out of our league. But we're kind of okay here. This, yes. this has been working out pretty yeah. well. So there you go. Well, thank you, Leo. Uh, and, you know, people ask us, they say, Darius, you know, what, what's the deal with you guys, really? I mean, you know, you, you drive across this great country of ours, uh, I mean, undoubtedly, uh, in that old RV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you stay in these weird town places. That's kind of our thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, why? Because? Yeah, that's always a problem. That's it. it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, one reason is, be, uh, unlike our compadres here on Truckers Radio USA, they have these things called... Ranches, yeah. And they get to do their shows from the relative comfort of their ranches. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, for instance, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rockin' Diamond R Ranch. Where is that, Roger? Well, Leo, it's in the Dos Dos Cabezas Cabezas Mountains, Mountains, it is. Uh, And Alan Bailey has the Swinging Gate Ranch out there in western Kansas. We've Mm -hmm. been out there before. Nice place. Uh, Oren Friesen, who is the human footnote of the Darius. Never misses a lick. That's right. He has the Rockin' Banjo Ranch uh, there in central Kansas. We've been there. We've been there. And, uh, you know, we were whining to our pal Suzanne about the fact that, you know, these guys have ranches. We don't don't have a ranch. And, And she's really smart. It was a reality check. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she said, look at it this way, guys. She said, you've got the entire continental United States, right. border to border, ocean to ocean, mm-hmm. if you don't fall in. Um, and you could say you have a ranch without, without fences. fences. That's correct. And we ride that range in our RV called... Rambling Roads. Rambling Roads. Why you... Rosie gets us there every time. We just keep the tire aired up. That one particular tire. Yeah. And we have to keep it's it just one. Just one. Yeah. Top off the oil a little bit. Put some gas. Lots yeah. and lots of gas. Yeah, lots of gas. That's where the money goes, Roger. Yeah, that's what it takes. Yeah, all the money. All the money. <laughs> all of it, man. Yeah. Our wealth is invested in gasoline. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Uh, which would be okay if they were like wells or something. <laughs> if, but. if they're okay if we had any money. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, Leo, I, I believe it's my turn. I believe it is, too. Um, so uh, you'll never guess who I uh, talked to recently. Uh, no, no, I don't. No. Yeah. Who, no. It's our old pal. No. Jason Beers. <laughs> there it is. Oh, no, if, man. If there was ever a perfect sound effect for someone. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Jason. Now, what, what did he do? Did well, okay. Well, we were talking... Of, Several weeks ago, and and he told me about a guy by the name of Sheldon Allman. Sheldon Allman? Allman. A-L-L-M-A-N. Okay. He was born in uh, 1924, passed away in 2002. He was an American-Canadian actor uh, born in Chicago. And he began his singing career with the with, with the Royal National Guard during his World War II service with the Royal Canadian Air Force. Gotcha. Okay. And then he moved to Los Angeles in 1949 in order to attend the Los Angeles Conservatory of Music. Mm-hmm. And then 
after that, he, this guy, it's, it, his, his background is amazing. He appeared in 12 films, including Nevada Smith, The Sons of Katie Elder, yeah. HUD, and In Cold Blood. Really? So his co-stars include, uh, respectively, Steve McQueen, John Wayne, and Paul Newman. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So um, he also made appearances in numerous TV series, um, and he provided uh, the game show music uh, for th- uh, Three for the Money. And he was, and this is the best right here. He was the singing voice for TV's Mr. Ed. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. Yeah, it's great. And uh, for which he also wrote and recorded for Mr. Ed, the pretty little, little filly with the ponytail <laughs> and the empty feedback blues. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, so uh, he went on, he wrote the theme song to Georgia the Jungle and uh, music for numerous game shows. Uh, but it, uh, it, in 1969, this is where we're going with this, okay? He released a, an album called Folk Songs for the 21st Century. Now, this was an album of novelty songs all revolving around science fiction themes. Okay. <laughs> and so the tongue-in-cheek material, which he all wrote and arranged himself, included titles uh, such as Crawl Out Through the Fallout, Radioactive Mama, and uh, a bunch of others. <laughs> Now, Crawl Out Through the Fallout is used in the video game Fallout 4. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> <laughs> I picked like three. Oh. Girl in the Fourth Dimension was another one, Space Opera. But I picked this one. It's just so bizarre and so Jason. From folk songs from the 20th century, 1960, Sheldon Allman doing Crawl Out Through the Fallout. Crawl out through the fallout, baby, when they drop that bomb. Crawl out through the fallout With the greatest of aplomb When your white count's getting higher Hurry, don't delay I'll hold you close and kiss those Radiation burns away Crawl out through the fallout, baby To my loving arms Through the rain of strontium-19 Think about your hero when you're at ground zero And crawl out through the fallout back to me Crawl out through the fallout, baby, you know what I mean Crawl out through the fallout, cause they said this bomb was clean If you cannot find the way, just listen for my song I'll love you all your life, although that may not be too long Crawl out through the fallout, baby, to my loving arms While those ICBMs keep us free When you hear me call out Baby, kick the wall out And crawl out through the fallout Back to me Cause you'll be the only girl in the world Why don't you crawl out through the fallout Back to me Why don't you crawl out through the fallout Back to me Why don't you crawl out through the fallout back to 
It's that loud singer thing, man. Oh, that's wicked. Uh, just, you know, just when I think Jason has kind of mellowed out a little bit, uh, what am I thinking? No, 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 yeah. no, no. No, 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 that will never happen. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. That was a hit uh, in my book. Sick SOB. Okay, where do we go from here? Well, yeah, good question. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to slip into some jazz. Okay. Okay. Coleman Randolph Hawkins, okay? Uh, Coleman Hawkins, that was his name. He was born in uh, November 21st, 1904. He lived uh, until 1969. He, he had a nickname. They called him Hawk and sometimes Bean. Nobody, everybody knows why they called him Hawk. With Hawk. Nobody well, knows sure. where that Bean name came from. Yeah, you might not want to know. But we talk about how we like to feature local artists, right? Right. In Kansas City. Okay, well, this guy was born in St. Joseph, Missouri. And... Uh, he uh, attended high school in Chicago and then in Topeka, Kansas. Oh, man, local, at, local. At local, local, man, Topeka High School. And he later stated that he studied harmony and composition for two years at Washburn College in Topeka. Sure. While he was still attending high school. And in his youth, he played piano and cello and started playing saxophone at the age of nine. And by the age of 14, he was playing gigs around eastern Kansas. Wow. So this that's yeah. about as local as you can get, eastern right? Eastern Kansas, that's... Probably Kansas City. Now, what I'm going to talk about is a legendary uh, recording session that okay. he was involved with. Okay, he was, he had already well established, he toured Europe and everything. He was well established as one of the very early uh, you know, saxophone pioneers because he was not trying to emulate uh, clarinet leads, which a lot of the saxophone guys were doing then. Sure, because clarinet was big in right. uh, big band music. And, and, and saxophone really hadn't made it into the, right. to the genre yet there. So it was October 11th of 1939, and uh, he recorded a two-chorus performance of a standard tune uh, that's called Body and Soul. And he had been performing the song at a, a place owned by a guy named Burt Kelly in New York. Uh, it's called Kelly Stables. And so okay. they were gigging regularly there at the time, and he brought the band in. And they were So they were recording, and they were done for the night, but as an afterthought, he said, listen, let's just throw this song out there. I got this arrangement I want to try, right? So he so they play this song and he, he turns to the uh, he turns to the uh to the which was I uh, the um a guy named Gene Rogers. He was a pianist at the time. And he and he said, I want you to play an intro on this thing in in, in uh D flat. All right. Okay. All right, now for the first four bars of the song, he's kind of playing with the melody. And that was the end of it. Because from that point he started improvising all the way, they said he completely ignores almost all of the melody, and uh, his departure from the melodic themes of the tune used the upper chord levels of stuff. The improvising on this thing say that this may have been one of the first bebop tunes ever recorded. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people attribute the birth of bebop to this guy's style of playing, right? Wow! And so it's just a, it's a really cool recording. Which if you stop and think of it, these guys. They were improvising all the way through this song. Yeah, just hanging on. Just probably. hanging on. Yeah. And he just he just continued to, to, to perform this legendary performance of this song. So from 1939, uh, this is uh, Coleman Hawkins and his rendition of Body and Soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
about that particular recording session. Uh, it was said the decades as a musical omnivore came to fruition as he signaled to his pianist, Gene Rogers, to make that introduction in D flat that we told about, right? Right. The sounds of Bach, Tatum, Armstrong, and the untold musicians who had filled his head and ears culminating in one of the greatest spontaneous set of variations ever recorded. That's super. That's pretty cool. That's great. Pretty cool. All right, Rogers, back to you. Okay, well, I'm going to do something uh, that I've never done before. Uh, last week, I featured a song by Marvin Rainwater. Yes. Remember the Albino Red-Eyed Style? I, I do. And I mentioned another song I'd found of his, and, and I'm going to feature it, because <laughs> okay. I just can't wait. Now, um, uh, I look back uh, on episode 76, we've, we featured the song that this one is, is a parody of, okay? Yeah. Which was Big Bad John by Jimmy Dean. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so that was, uh, that was a uh, number one hit. Uh, back in uh, 1961. So in 1962, Marvin Rainwater came out with this song, uh, which is called Tough Top Cat. Tough Top Cat! Every night in the alley when the moon was high, a big tough cat come a strutting by. The claws on his paws were like a ten penny nail, and everybody knew you didn't step on the tail of a big tongue. After daylight, nobody knew where he went, but everybody knew he didn't pay no rent. When he passed, everyone made a little bow, and if you spoke at all, well, you just sent me out a big talk. Some say he came from Pin Pan Alley where he got in a 
Spot or a puss named Sally. Cat fur flew, and after a little, that stray cat's hide wouldn't string a fiddle, big tall. Then came the night on a one-way street when they heard the rumble of four big feet. A great big bulldog was grinning wide, left them all there paralyzed side by side. He said, Tom. You know, I, I don't really know what to say after that. Yeah, I do. Concentrate, madame. When did you lose your little dog? What little dog? I don't have a little dog. Then why have you come to Swami's? To find out the secret, of course. The secret? You mean the genet secret. Ah, for this, Swami must go into a trance. That is Hemlock Lake. The purest natural brewing water in the U.S. of A. For goodness sake. And nature's finest hops and grain. Just look at it. Oh, my. Combined in a special way, they produce the Genesee Secret. Lightness with flavor in Genesee beer. That looks just yummy, Swami. Uh, Swami, however did you do it? It's nothing. I simply call upon my Jenny. Uh, isn't that pronounced genie? Not on this commercial. Hey, we're backing up. Well, that's what we do. We do back up. We back up. That's we, kind of what we, our thing. We try to warn people, you know. I mean, well, we've got that big loud beeper, beeper yeah. thing. But, it uh, works usually. Usually. Uh, except for trash cans. Well, was, we've had a couple of incidents. <laughs> it's hard to sneak out of a campground when you've just made this, you know, yeah. cacophony. That's you know, true. On the other hand, backing into our campsite late at night, you know, yeah. when we first get there, really upsets the neighbors. That's you know? why we take the apologetic beer. That's why we take the apologetic yeah. beer. Yeah, you're right. Well, this is the part of the show where we just get right down and beg. On our knees, baby. Yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, you know, go check out our websites if you would. You know, I mean, we're constantly putting stuff up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not because we don't have anything else to do, of course. <laughs> of course we don't have anything else to do. <laughs> 
but uh, but you know I, I, the the website for this show is the, the derrieres dot com oh, and the is the most important. Don't part. forget that part right yeah. there. If I you, forgot it just last night. I, well, you forget it uh, every now and then. A couple of times a week. Yeah, but but, but if you boy, forget it, uh, uh, you will never forget. You'll it. never forget yeah, it. I nope, promise you. Absolutely that. not. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the website for the band is well. That's threetrailswest.com with the number three there on the front. Right. And that's where we keep a list of the you know where we're going to be playing and stuff. And we got you know our albums for sale and T-shirts. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Bumper stickers and all kinds of stuff there. So go check that out. You know, uh, we're pretty confident that uh, if you go to either website uh, you're going to find a lot of content. content that's true yeah and if you check it out we think you will be contented, contented. oh but boy there's getting to be a lot of it oh yeah so you could become confused, confused. which case you just contact, contact us. us yeah we'll help you walk through it there yeah there's contact us tabs on both websites or you can get right to us with our email addresses what's that roger well uh, leo mine is roger no d at the com, and mine is leo also no d at the com. right Drop us a line. You know, and, and you know what else? If you go to thedairyers.com, go to the Americana Roadshow tab, and from there you can listen to any of our past episodes. Exactly. Uh, or if you want, you can download them and listen to them at your leisure. Preferably while wearing your leisure, leisure suit. Yeah. yeah. We, we'd like to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the other thing you can do, Leo, is you can also find all of our po- past episodes now on... Spotify. Spotify. I know you love Spotify. I love Spotify. Yeah. I like saying Spotify. Yeah, but it, it's on it's, other platforms too. Spotify is the yeah. one you know for you, but, uh, but they might want to listen to it on Stitcher. Lots of people like Spotify. I, yeah. I my friends. I tell my friends. Yeah, you know to go to Spotify, but know, they might want to listen to it on TuneIn. You, they could, but they're not my friends anymore because my friends all go yeah. to Spotify. That's but they might want to listen to it on Amazon Music. I've heard of people that listen to it on Amazon Music. Right. I don't know about them, you know, character yeah. flaws and stuff. Well, but Spotify but, or is there's ca- even iHeartRadio. Oh, Leo. stop, stop! You're killing me now. I'm just saying. I don't know if I want to hear it. You know, as our good buddy Mike Carr says, "Go nowhere's without the Derriers." Well, that's it, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. We appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you very much. A vote of vote of confidence. That's true. You'd say, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Leo, I think it's your turn. Okay. Now, in the last set, uh, as you recall, I played a song uh, that may have been one of the precursors of early bebop. That's that's true. Okay. So now I'm going to take a little bit turn, and I'm going to talk about maybe the birth of rock and roll. Wow. Okay. Now there are a lot of People who talk about where rock and roll would have started and who well, maybe the first rock and roll song. And you know, you gotta have an open mind about that because well, sure. a lot of different ways. But this is one of the most credible stories I've actually heard about the whole thing. Okay. Credible as opposed to incredible. It's pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. It could be both. There's this guy named Jackie Brenston and uh, his Delta Cats, right? Okay. We're looking back at 1951. Now the, the original version of the 12-bar blues song was credited to Jackie Branston and his Delta Cats, but it actually was Ike Turner and his band that was actually playing this thing, right? Really? Yeah, he, they, they were the ones backing the whole thing up. The, the, they, it was this little um, uh, recording session that happened. They were going to lay down this song, right? And uh, it was in, uh, let's see, they had rehearsed there in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And they decided to go in and cut this song. And it was basically, the song was a hymn of praise to the joys of the Oldsmobile Rocket 88 automobile, which had just come out in the late 40s there. 
about, I think, it was 47, something like that. Great name. It is a great name. Yeah. And at the time, it was the most powerful, fastest stock car on the highway. Nice. I mean, it was a maniac. So listen, the, the thing, though, has some weird elements to it, some weird sounds to it, one of which is a fuzz sound, a fuzz guitar sound, which was kind of unheard of at the time. Nobody, sure. what the heck was that? What happened was that the legend uh, says that this guy, uh, this guy's amplifier was damaged on Highway 61 when the band was driving from Mississippi to Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And they, they were trying to change a tire or something. They either dropped the amp or something. Anyway, they, when they got to the recording session, they realized that the cone inside the amplifier had been damaged. Yeah, and there, there goes the recording session. So they they figure, well, let's see if we can fix this thing, you know, make it playable. So they 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 stuffed it with wadded newspapers, <laughs> and, well, and it, it sounded weird, right? Yeah. But but it sounded cool. Okay. So he said, "Okay, let's go with it. <laughs> so, turn it up. Let's let's turn it up, man." So they 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 stuffed the newspaper in this thing. They get the song going, and everything. And they uh, after afterwards they you know give it to the producer, and he had no complaints about it. He said, "Well, that's kind of weird. I like it." Wow. So, so they went with it, right? Okay. So it has been suggested uh, that uh, the guy named Larry Birnbaum uh, that the idea that Rocket eighty eight could be called the first rock and roll record it first arose in the sixties when they, the song kind of poked his head up. That was the advent of the fuzz sounding guitar. All right. When people started actually doing it on purpose. And um, he says that it, it could be one of the reasons is surely that this guy's broken amp anticipated the sound of the fuzz box, which was just coming into its own during that time. Anyway, the, uh, here's the other interesting thing. Ike Turner and his band were only paid $20 each for, for the session. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's equal to about 200 bucks in today's dollars, but yeah. still, yeah. you know. And, um, and by the way, it was supposed to be credited to Ike Turner. And his band, the Kings of Rhythm, but uh, they, the label that came out credited to otherwise, you know. So anyway, there's it's kind of a long story on this. But listen, it's a weird song. It's a great song. It could be very well, maybe the very first rock and roll song. Who knows? It's called Rocket '88 from 1951. <laughs> You heard the noise they make, but let me introduce my new Rocket 88. Yes, it's great, just one way. Everybody likes my Rocket 88. Baby, we'll ride in style, moving all along. Smart and designed, black convertible top, and the gals don't mind. Sporting with me, riding all around town for joy. Blow your horn, Raymond, blow!
my rocket and don't be late, baby. We were pulling out about half past eight. Going round the corner and get a bill. Everybody in my car's gonna take a little nip. Move on out, oozing and cruising along. Okay, now, yeah. now you've heard it, right? Yeah. Now, we don't usually talk about songs too much after we play them, but this is interesting postscript. Okay. Okay. Sam Phillips, who was the producer of the record, right? Uh, he got um, Dewey Phillips uh, to play Rocket 88 on his program. And you got to understand, this is like the first black record to be played at a white radio station. Okay. Okay. And all the white kids broke out to the record shops to buy it, basically. And that's when Sam Phillips got this idea, hey, man, if I can give me some white boys to sound like black guys, you know, I got something going here. Right. So he goes out there and uh, he picks up people like Elvis, you know, and Jerry Lee Lewis and, and those guys. And um, but it was kind of the same style. But because the white guys were playing it, they called it rock and roll instead of R&B. Oh, interesting. So there's a there's a yeah. school of thought that says that's how it got to be called rock and roll in the first place instead of. What it basically was was rhythm and blues. So. Interesting. Oh, all right. Well, that's enough of that. Well, I posted the video on it while the song was playing. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's a website. It's a whole story about it. There yeah. you go. Pretty cool. All right, Rog, what do you got? Susie Boggus. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So she began her career in the 1980s. Six of her songs in the 1990s, six of her songs were top 10 hits. Three albums were certified gold, and one album received a platinum certification. Uh, she won top new female vocalist from the Academy of Country uh, Music. You know, she just, yeah, she's something. She tore it up, man. But th- I found this interesting. Um, she, uh, uh, during uh, 1984, she uh, had recorded an LP and was selling it at her shows. And she discovered that she spent most of her money on clothes for her later shows. <laughs> Sounds like our band, our Sounds cowboy like band. We don't make any money playing music. And then she realized she had no health insurance, very little car insurance, and low chances of performing f- uh, further. So she moved to Nashville and took a job at Tony Roma's restaurant. <laughs> and there she performed a three-day audition for entertainer Dolly Parton at Silver Dollar City. And um, it, eventually, she became the first p- female performance at Dollywood. Really? Performer. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Uh, and then in 1991, uh, she played uh, Austin City Limits, hosted by Jerry we- Je- Jeff Walker, and just blew everybody away. Man. So this is a, a really cool uh, song I heard just in passing. It's an so- uh, album she did in 2003 called Swing. She's doing the Dan Hicks tune, Sweetheart. Sweetheart, but it doesn't beat for me. It beats softly in love, but not for me. Sweet lips, I know I'll never kiss. In the donut shop I see him on his morning stop He talks of love But he's speaking of his sweetheart She gives him a rough time 
Swingy. That's a nice rendition of that yeah. tune, and she's great. Very cool. And we're out of time. Oh man, we are totally out of time. Yeah, Look we gotta uh, get out of here. Uh, we gotta figure out where we're going. Good point. Yeah. So Who's it's turn uh, it my turn what? to throw the dart. So you go get the map. Okay, give me a second. Okay. Hang on. All right. Hang okay. on. Yeah, he's okay. always in the way. He's always in the way. Okay. Okay. There, and got, uh, got yeah, it. there we go. Yep. It's up there. Uh, okay. I'll, uh, I gotta get the uh, get the dart. Spoonbird two, two. Yep. All right. Okay. I'm in the circle. Get ready, ready? Uh-huh. One, two, three. Throw the dart, throw the dart. Oh, oh we went central. What? Oh, that's Missouri. Cl- that's close to home there. Uh, okay, give me the list of weird town names in Missouri. Here you go. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, we're going to Peculiar, oh, Missouri. Yeah, peculiar. Yeah, that's We've close been to home. There. That's pretty close to yeah. home. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll do that. Very cool. Uh, all right, well, we'll get out here tomorrow, and uh, we'll go make that happen. Absolutely. Uh, well, Leo, this has been a strange and wonderful show, and I'm <laughs> sure next week will be, too. What a strange trip it's been. This has been the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. USA. Remember to look out behind you. It's the Derriere. Derriere.